episode of Pixels, Polygons, and Fun, the video game podcast where we talk about anything under the video game sun. I am your fill-in host, Riley. All the other co-hosts couldn't make it for various reasons, but I am here with special guest Jason. How you doing, Jason? Uh... Riveting. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that, Jason. Bless you. No, that was a burp, you idiot. (laughs) Got him. Yeah, I say bless you to burps now. That's my thing. All right, so it's time to get into our show, which I did not prepare for in the slightest. As per usual. <laughs> As per usual. Hold on. I got to type the word Fortnite into Google and go into the news section one second, because that's my bit. That's my joke. I do Fortnite news. Mm-hmm. I almost choked All right. on water. Here we are. It's time for the news segment, but first, got to make a phone call. We will be right back. Oh, yes. I see. Good news, everyone. Oh, my And welcome oh. back. So, from TheVerge.com, written by Andrew Webster, Deadpool has arrived in Fortnite. When the current season of Fortnite debuted, one of the most curious elements was the appearance of Deadpool. The Marvel anti-hero was present in various elements of the game. You could find him hidden away in the bathroom in the main Battle Pass menu, but you couldn't actually play as him. That changes today, however, with the debut of a new Deadpool skin. The skin is available to everybody who has purchased this season's Battle Pass, and it's pretty easy to unlock. You just gotta find some two pistols hidden in the menu screen, and then go into a match, and go into a phone booth, which will change you into Deadpool, and then you'll unlock Deadpool. Bro, spit it out. There you go. Deadpool. Deadpool's in... How do you feel about Deadpool being in Fortnite, Jason? Uh, I'm sad that he stooped to such low levels. Uh, he's practically, yeah. he's like Hitler's mother, basically. Alright, so, I was looking for another news, and I found, um, an LA Times article. <gasps> Finally finished. Is Sorry, Zoom the video, video game platform for life during the coronavirus? No, Discord is. Just a few weeks ago, when the game world was anticipating the next generation of consoles, such as PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, we had no way of knowing that soon a new platform would emerge. It's one that's been right in front of us and seems especially attuned to life during the coronavirus pandemic. Zoom, video get video 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 conferencing platform Zoom has been used regularly and often in business settings, but in our new stay-at-home, work-at-home lifestyle, it's become a prime way to connect, be it for jobs, for school, for socializing, or even for fitness. And as an academic team at USC has discovered, it's a pretty good place to play. Play is very natural to fall into, and playing with non-game platforms is something humans have been doing for a long time, says Aubrey Lynn Isaacman, who is a game designer and student in USC's Interactive Media MFA program. Isaacman references the Choose Your Own Adventure books, blah, blah, blah. Put out a call for to create games using Zoom. Okay, a professor told them to create games u- using Zoom, and apparently they can do that. So yeah, play video games on Zoom now. How do you feel about that? Uh... Aesthetic. Bro, and finally, I have aesthetic. finally I have one more article for you, lovely people, from Kotaku.com, written by Jason Schreier. <gasps> the Last you? of Us. <laughs> that's you. That's Jason. Apparently, yeah, that's my last name. Totally. <laughs> the la- Isn't your last name something from a circus? <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> His last name's Clown. Docs. His name is Jason Clown. Jason Clown, be like, bruh, <laughs> bruh. From Kotaku, written by Jason Schreier, The Last of Us 2 has been delayed indefinitely. 
The much-anticipated post-apocalyptic adventure game The Last of Us 2 will be delayed indefinitely due to the coronavirus pandemic, publisher Sony said today. Resident Evil is the game, The game, which had been previously scheduled for May 29th and is nearly done, ready to go, it is delayed now. How do you feel about The Last of Us 2 getting delayed? Well, I'm not really a Last of Us fan. I'm more of a Resident Evil kind of guy, so... Yeah, that new game just came out, right? Yeah, the Resident Evil 3 remake came out Friday. Yeah. And it's Sunday when we're recording this. So it came out two days ago, and now it's going to yeah. come out four, three days ago, as of when you're hearing this, if you listen to it on day one. All right, move on. All right, well, that has been our news segment, and now our old buddy Vito has pulled into the station. How you doing, Vito? Sake. Why are you saying fuck's sake? No, just get on with it. Why don't you like Vito? No, just get on with it. Hello, everybody. I'm here. It is time for this day in gaming history. Unfortunately, the record player, which I usually bring with me for the background music, has broken. So there'll be no background music today, but there will be because this day edit it in. in gaming history. <laughs> no, because I don't have the audio. Oh. <laughs> this Shut day... up, I swear. If another car comes by, I'm about <laughs> to put up a roadblock. This day in 1996, X-Men Children of the Atom was released for the Sega Saturn. This day in 2004, Silent Hill 3 was released for the PC. <gasps> was and it WarioWare, really? It was, yes. And WarioWare Inc. Mega Party Games was released for the GameCube. This day in 2005, Spy vs. Spy was released for the Xbox. Oh, and you'll like this one. This one's actually very relevant to the topic at hand. This day in 2012, Xenoblade Chronicles was released for the Wii. Yeah, I knew it. That's why I wanted to do it today. That's Hell why I yeah! Did you asked today, I was like, he knows. And then finally, this day in 2017, Nariyuki Papakatsu Girls released on the PC in Japan. And this has been this day in gaming history. Thank you, Vito. All right. So that has been this day in gaming history. So it's time to move on to our next topic. We will be right back. No, no, you gotta let me. You gotta let me do it uninterrupted. Hold on, shut up. Shut the fuck up. You can mute my audio, just mine. I I edit them combined. You virgin. Jenji does that too. God, both of you are bad with audacity. All right, hold on, hold on, one second. And welcome back. Now we're talking about what video games we've been playing this week. Hey, Jason, what kind of video games have you been playing this week? Well, I actually haven't been playing many video games recently because I've been working on, you know, YouTube stuff. But I have been streaming a lot of Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh, that's nice. Where can they find you to doing that? Twitch.tv slash gel underscore streams. Nice. How far have you gotten Xenoblade? Pretty far? Or not far? I'm just about to hit uh, Magna Forest, which isn't even halfway. Nice. You play any other games on stream? Or anything else? Not this week. I mean, you played JoJo Fight Cade, didn't you? Or was that last week? That was last week. Oh. Well, I mean, you played Showdown this week. You played Showdown yesterday and Resident Evil 3 at the same time, like a mad lad. Innovation. Yeah, and somebody was complaining about it, like a little baby. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, no. me and Jason played... Me and Jason played Pokemon Showdown on stream, and Jason decided that Showdown was so boring that he just had to play Resident Evil 3 at the same time. Uh, I innovated the way games are played. You're welcome. The future. (laughs) You're welcome. I just made the future a hundred times more interesting. Shit. Jason created the ultimate. 
as if people, as if Pokemon streamers haven't already done that with Shiny Hunting. Next up games. is to get rid of Ohio. <laughs> oh yeah, that's perfect. Put the guitar away, please. I didn't mean to strum it. It almost fell. <laughs> Listen, I was okay. trying to save it. It almost fell. I mean, I was kind of, I was complaining about it on stream in the moment because it was annoying me in the moment, but it was pretty, pretty good. It was annoying me in the moment. Don't make excuses for yourself. You're just a crybaby. Shut up. Mm-hmm. I don't like you. Stop. You're stop the equivalent of Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping. Who the fuck is Xi Jinping? President of China. Oh, that's a pretty good, bad guy, from what I've heard. Yeah, you're just as bad as him. Oh, roasted. Can't believe you would say Ooh. that about your friend. Ooh. How does it feel? <laughs> it feels pretty bad, actually. Can't believe you said that about me. I've said worse about you in front of you. <laughs> wow. I have said worse about you in front of you, Riley. Don't even act like I'm not mean. <laughs> Don't even act like I'm not an asshole. <laughs> yeah. You said it like to my you said worse things to my face in real life when I was physically there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Alright, well, as for me, I've played a couple of video games. First and most horrible of which, Fortnite, I played a little bit. Because, you know, sometimes my friends force me to play Fortnite. And I figured if I'm gonna be forced to play Fortnite, they don't force I at least want I at least wanna be forced to, I at least want to be forced to play po- Fortnite as Deadpool. And since one of my friends already gifted me the battle pass in a failed attempt to get me to play the game more, I went, and I, did the, I, went, I went and I did the Deadpool missions, and now I have Deadpool in Fortnite. That's pretty cool, dude. Pretty cool, bro. Yeah. Alright, so uh, other than dumb, stupid Fortnite, I've been playing a couple less dumb and stupid games, but I think they're games that Jason would argue are even more dumb and stupid. Um, it's going to be Pokemon. Yep, they're both Pokemon games. I don't know a week where you're not playing Pokemon. Actually, there is. there has been a few weeks where I haven't played literally anything, but this week I actually played a few things. Um, I'll also talk about those two games I streamed, because uh, I forgot about them, but that's in a minute. Right now, Pokemon Y. I started a Pokemon Y Nuzlocke. I went up to the first gym. It's the big 12-person competitive Nuzlocke in memory of Blastburn Radio, because Blastburn Radio has met its sad, sad demise, because they can't do it anymore, because they don't have time or whatever. I've got a Froakie. I, I, I named all my Pokemon after video game characters. I've got a Froakie named Frogger. I've got a Zigzagoon named Tom Nook. I've got a Butterfree named Bug, who was named after the main character of the 1997 Sega Saturn game, Bug! <laughs> I have a Bunnelby named Jazz, and I have a Litleo named Sora. Wait, why, why is your Bumblebee named Jazz? Because <laughs> it's Jazz Jackrabbit, the best video game. Oh, I thought that was going to be like a B-movie reference. No, because it's video games, not movies. There's a B-movie game. Oh god, there is? Of course there is. <laughs> oh no. That's horrible. Nintendo GameCube, baby. Oh dear god. Um, so yeah, I went to the first gym, hard mode, which means I had to not use any super effective moves, which is sad, because I did have a fire lion ready to burn the bugs, but I could not do that. But I did win with no deaths, so that's the max amount of points I could have gotten this week for me, starting this Dicketeers runoff quite well. D- Dicketeers is the name of the Nuzlocke group, by the way, Jason. Oh, I'm aware. You know what the Dicketeers are? <sighs> Sadly. How did you know what the Dicketeers were? I have my ways. Oh, okay. Anyway. Oh, oh, oh dude, there's a moth, bro. He's gonna get me. <laughs> no, a moth. Oh, God. But... 
Also, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explores of Darkness. I bought it a while back. Somebody stole it. I recovered it. Now I've been playing more. I fought Groudon. That was pretty cool. He died pretty quickly. Yuxi was like, that was just a bamboozle. That wasn't real Groudon. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'll be back in just a second. Sure, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, it's been a good time revisiting Explores of Darkness because it's a very important game to me and my childhood and my life because it was a game that I played when I was super young and I liked it and it was really good. So I'm glad to be playing it again and I'm glad to be stalling while Jason is gone. Um, I'm pretty sure there's supposed I'm to be like a I'm whole line of bosses. doing stuff. Hold too. on. Okay, Jason. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Good, good. All right, so that's the Mystery Dungeon Explores the Darkness. And then on Twitch, which you can go see at twitch.tv slash streams, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. You're very which bad has been... at it. No, I think I'm getting better. Still bad. Yeah, better, but still bad. Um, I've been making some real progress in that. I've been streaming it every day. Haven't streamed it today yet, but I'll probably stream it later tonight, like when my mom's asleep, so that she does not bother me. And yeah, and also on stream, I played a little bit of Sonic Mania Plus, which is fun. Yeah, that's the kind of things you can go see at twitch.tv slash streams. But anyway, that has been the games we've played, which is t- now it's time for the meat and potatoes. I, I, I have faith that Jason can go on about uh, Xenoblade for like 35 minutes and fill out Please. the required time of this episode. <laughs> Please, I co- of course I can. All right, well, by the way, speaking of Xenoblade, we will be right back. And welcome back to our topic. Jason, what are we talking about today? The best game franchise in existence, Xenoblade Chronicles. Okay, Jason. So how this is going to work is basically he's going to describe to me in not a lot of detail, but enough detail to fill up like 40 minutes, the plot of each Xenoblade. Uh, Actually, hold on real quickly. Riley has been watching some of my streams. I want to see what he knows of the story so far of the original because he watches my streams. Okay, yeah, that sounds fun. So I'll, I'll, I'll correct you if you get anything wrong. So... There's this col- there's these colonies, right? And they're all on top of these like strange creatures that fought each other that are now stone. Uh one is called the Bionist, because it's all organic. Yeah, and one is called the Mechon, right? Mechonis. Because it's, because it's all mechanical. There are two great titans that have been clashing for a really long time and then suddenly they both died and now the entire game world takes place on their corpse. Yes. Don't you live on the feet? Doesn't Shulk live on the feet? He ne- he lives near the bottom. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, there's a kid named Shulk, and there's another guy there's another guy named Ryan, and they're they're friendly and they're they friendly. Fight. They've been friends forever. They fight snails. Nope. Then, <laughs> yeah, they fought a snail at the beginning. They fought a caterpillar. Whatever. So they fight. Alright, you know what you're bad at this. No, hold on. I want to see if I can get... Uh, I'm going to describe it how I saw it. Okay. So, Shulk and Ryan, they're best friends. They fight some caterpillars. And then Shulk gets a cool thing called a called a Monado, which is like a super cool sword thing. You're skipping and over also, so many details that are very He important. also meets a girl named Fiora, who I believe was like the caretaker of Dundan, who was the guy Neat. who had the... Was I right? No. <laughs> oh, I thought she was ter- taking care of Dundan. Okay, hold on. Let me get things. Let me set this straight. There's a sword called the Monado. It's the only thing that can hurt Mechon, people of Mechon. One of the the person who wielded it was Dunban. He was the only person to wield it. However, in the Battle of Sword Valley, he got very injured and now he can't do it. So now his sister, Fiora, who was also a childhood friend, she was also caring for him. 
Uh, he no, she wasn't. She just happened to be cooking and gave Dunban some of the food. Fuck off. Yeah, so Fiora's attracted to Shulk, and she they, made Dunban They're clearly food. Tra- attracted to each other. They've been childhood friends for a long time. Anyways, one, one time when Shulk and Ryan are doing a mission of sorts, and Fiora just sort of tagged along with them, the Mechon invade their home of Colony 9. And this is where Shulk learned he could use the Monado. And not just that, but he can also see visions of the future with the Monado, which is pretty cool. Anyways, unfortunately, a Mechon with a metal face who cannot be uh, hurt by the Monado kills Fiora. And so after... I was so shocked by that. I thought she was just going to be the generic RPG girl the whole game. But no, she dies. uh Uh-uh, she She dies. (laughs) She became a pincushion. She did indeed become a pincushion. You don't see it, but you see the action happening you don't see the yeah i will i watched the cutscene on youtube later <laughs> yeah yeah anyways and so then I, after- I, I listen to him describe it and i'm like oh my god this guy is horrible yeah i cut, anyways. Through, I cut through her flesh like like a hot knife through butter i was yeah, like holy metal shit face says that. oh yeah by the way metal face can talk unlike other other mechon anyways shulk and ryan set out to kill all mechon and they start by trying to go to colony six the only remaining homs colony which is, uh, Homs is what they are. They're not human, they're Homs. Uh. Homs. Anyway, <laughs> they're Homs. The, um, sure. On their way to uh, to Colony 6, they meet a boy, the worst character ever, named Juju. Anyways, he's like, oh yeah. Yeah, you don't like this Juju kid. I don't know why. he sucks. <laughs> he's the, honestly just the worst. Worst. <laughs> Anyways, he's like, yeah, Colony 6 has also been attacked by Mechon, and we didn't have the luxury of the Monado, so everybody's dead, except for a very few who live in a refugee camp. And then you meet an actual somewhat interesting character, Sharla, Juju's brother. And she's like, hey, I'm gonna be a party member now. I okay, thought you cool. hate her. Uh, she's better than Juju. True, true. Anyways, Juju gets kidnapped because he's an idiot. And Sharla, have- by the way, also has some pretty nice jiggle physics, if you know what I mean, brother. I hate you. <laughs> Anyways... You haven't even gotten to the best party member with Jiggle Physics. Anyways. Oh, is there another girl who has Jiggle Physics? No, it's Ricky. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that little guy? That little yeah. dude? Bro, he jiggling. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, after Juju gets kidnapped by a Mechon with a, with a face, but it's not Metal Face. This guy's name is Zord. X-O-R-D. Anyways, they're like, oh, we gotta save him now. So they go to Colony 6 and save him. And then they meet up with Dunban, who's like, yo, I'm, I'm going to kill all the Mechon with you guys. Because, because of cool technology, I can hurt Mechon now with this anti-Mechon weapon thingy made from Mechon steel. Am I saying Mechon enough? I don't think so. Anyways, they pass through Satoral Marsh to, go to, to try and go to Magna Forest, which is like where they need to go. Because Shulk saw a vision where he was at a place at the Bionis head, and they need to pass through Magna Forest to get there. Anyways, while they're in Satoru Marsh, they're like, whoa, there's like this cool technology and we don't know where it's from. And Dixon, who is another character, he's he's he doesn't he sticks around a little bit. Anyways, he's just like, oh, yeah, there's like an ancient race called the High Entia and they and they here they were here. Anyways, I don't want to go any further because the rest would just be very spoilery. I don't you're supposed to describe the whole plot to me. That's the point of this The entire plot. Not really. Just like. What's the important parts? How does it end? Tell I can us. go. I I'm I'm willing to go to the first half, but I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay, fine. Go ahead. You you realize you have you have to full like forty minutes of this shit, right? Of course, I can do that. 
Wait, well, I'm going through every other game, right? Well, yeah. Okay, boom. All right. So, anyways, as uh, as they're making their way th- through Machna Forest, they meet a girl, and she's, like, passed out and stuff because she's, like, dehydrated or something. So, anyway, Shulk yeah. goes to do that, and he meets, and he sees a uh, some Telethia, which are, which are these weird creatures that can read your mind. He also yeah. meets a guy named Alvis, and Alvis is like, yo, give me that Alvis Monado. Alvis Presley? No. He, he's like, yo, give me that Monado, and he uses it on the Telethia, which is pretty cool. He too can see visions of the future, but it works differently than Shulk. Anyways, he's like, yo, I did my thing, I'm gonna head out now, and he's like, okay. So anyways, they uh, Shulk saves the girl, and this is my favorite character, Melia. Melia is a cool party member, she's amazing. Anyways, she's sort of mysterious until further, so I'm just gonna say, oh yeah, she's mysterious, but she knows how does to get to where... Does she have bigger physics? Yes. Okay, good. Pervert. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, Melia's like, oh, I know that place you're trying to go to. I can help you, but first you have to help me kill this gigantic Telethia. So they're like, cool. We'll pass through Nopon Village, and Nopon are these weird little guys. Anyways, the little g- they meet up with Ricky, the quote-unquote hero pawn of the village, which is pretty oh cool. Oh my god. And he's like, yo, let me help you guys, bro. And that's what they do. And then they kill the Telethia, and then they're like, alright, cool. Let's go to Aerith Sea. So they go to Aerith Sea, which is not really a sea, but it's a really big lake, more of that. You know? It's sort of like that. Anyways, it's at the head of the Bionis. Yes. Yeah. So That's they go. Head. Yeah. So they go, and then they go to Alchemoth, which is this weird city that Melia knows about for some reason. Anyways, it's then revealed that Melia is the princess of the High Antia. Oh, I hiccup. The princess of the High Antia, actually. Anyways, they gain they Princess. gain imperial wow. yeah they gain imperial sanction to go to Prison Island, which is where what the, the which is what they learned is the name of the place Shulk saw in his vision. Anyways, they make their way there, and there's this weird dude at the top of the island who's in shackles because you know it's Prison Island. Anyways, he's like, "Yo, your Monado that can't hurt faced Mechon, it can now hurt faced Mechon." Damn. And, that's like, and then yeah. and then Metal Face kills him, and then he kills Malia's father. Metal Face is a motherfucker. Fuck yeah. Metal Face. But then there's this other faced mech on that they've never seen before who's just sort of doing stuff. And Shulk accidentally hits that me- faced mech on. And then you're going to be happy, Riley. You see that there's mm-hmm. a person inside the mech on controlling it, which is why he couldn't hurt them. Because the Monado can't hurt people. But now it actually can. And the person inside the, the silver faced one, which is the new one, was Fiora. What the fuck? But it's... And then Fiora is just like, I, I'm a head out, along with Metal Face and everybody, all the other Mechon. And they're like, oh no, we have to head to the Mech- Mechonis now. And then, so they make their way to Valak. Wait, Valak's was Fiora mountain. secretly evil? You'll see. I'll, you're, you're about to find out. You're, uh, okay, so they make their way to Valak Mountain, which is on the arm of the Bionis, because that's the way to Sword Valley. Because the Bionis, like, when he was dying, he held on to the sword of the Mechonis, which is where Sword Valley is. Anyways, they make their way through, and they come across Metal Face again. And Fiora. And here's the weird part. Fiora lost her memory. What the fuck, bro? And we learned that Metal Face is an old friend of Dunban who was thought to die in the Battle of Sword Valley. His name is Mumcon. Was he that creepy-looking dude? Yeah. That's Metal Oh my Face. god! Yeah. And, and he, you know, he's being a good bad guy like he normally does, because honestly, Metal Face is a great villain. 
Anyways, you fight him, and then you fight them, and then this golden-faced Mechon comes out, but he's not, his name isn't Goldface. His name is Yaldaboth, named after the god oh. of control. And it, but he's like, yeah, that's just the name of my Mechon. My actual name is Egil, and I'm the leader of Mechonis. And, he, and then he just screws off with everybody, which is kind of weird. Anyways, they're like, alright, you know what? Screw this. We go into Sword Valley. And that's the halfway point of the game, which I will no longer spoil. Yeah. Let's move on to the next Xenoblade game. AKA the worst of them all. I okay. don't like Xenoblade X. Oh. It's bad in my opinion. But I will go through what I have played because I haven't finished the game because it's just that bad in my opinion. But I played a decent amount. I'm definitely more than halfway through. Right, well, first, before we get to the plot of Xenoblade X, after every game, we got to sort of talk about it more than just the plot wise. Oh, okay. Why do you like Xenoblade 1 so much? What is it about it that makes you Obviously. Make it your favorite game? Well, first off, the world. That's pretty cool, being on two great titans that are, like, dead and in, and exploring their bodies. Like, that is pretty dank. Like, and they strategically made it so, like, the Bionis is kneeling, so his leg is flat, which leads to Garplane. That's pretty cool. I, I yeah. am I mean I am pretty into that. Yeah. Also, the story is purely amazing from what I've yeah. explained. You seem to have your mind blown. My mind is blown that that was fucking Mumcar the whole time. And, and then Fiora's Fiora. still alive. And holy then shit. Egil guy coming in. Yeah, holy crap. It's crazy. Anyways, uh let's see what uh, uh, I forgot. To... <laughs> all right. <clears throat> and also the characters, they're all just so charming with great personalities. The voice acting it also really helps because the voice acting is surprisingly good. It's so, I still haven't gotten used to Shulk. I was, I'm so used to Smash Shulk and he has such a higher voice. Yeah, Shulk's voice is a lot higher in Smash than it is in uh, Xenoblade. I think it's, I mean, it might be a different voice actor. I don't know. It probably is. All right. <clears throat> uh, what else is there? The combat is very unique. Uh, I should mention how the combat works. It, it was originally going to be turn-based, and I'd probably hate the game if it was. Uh, but thankfully, they made the combat interesting. So how it works is Fuck that... Off. I love turn-based combat. Shut up. This isn't about turn-based combat. Anyways, uh, basically, you know, you target an enemy, you initiate a battle, and then you do auto-attacks if you're near them. You know, you'll automatically attack them. But you also yeah. have these things called arts, which you can use. And they're like special little attacks, and you can... Uh, and they some of them have status effects. Some of them do double damage if you, like, attack the enemy's back. Something like that. It's really cool. And then you also have a talent art, which is unique to each character. Shulk's talent art is using the Monado in, in its mysterious ways. Like, the Monado yeah. can, uh, uh, it can, uh, it can, like, it can give you armor for a limited amount of time. It can do a lot of stuff. And also, they incorporate visions, not just as a story mechanic, but as a combat mechanic. Sometimes you'll get a vision of what's going to happen, what the enemy is, what what the enemy is going to do, who who are they going to do it to, what how much damage it's going to do, and it'll give you a time limit. And in that time limit, you have to do something to counteract that vision. I see. Which is pretty cool, in my opinion. You use it a lot, and sometimes during boss fights, they're scripted visions, like things that are bound to happen, and you have to find, do a really clever way of moving about it. My favorite boss from that game. Uh, it there, you're in a long hallway with walls everywhere, and he's at the end of the hallway, and he has a very long range attack that can instant kill you, and you have to hide behind the walls, which is pretty cool in my opinion. To yes. get, and then you have to get close enough to him that you can hit uh, hit him. 
which is pretty cool. Well, do you want me to talk about anything else? Or do you, should I go on more about how much I love this game? Do you have any grievances with Xenoblade 1 that you perhaps want to come Oh, wait, up hold on. With? I have one more positive I'd like to say before grievances, I guess. Okay. The music is so good. Just look up Xenoblade OST, honestly, and you'll just figure out why. All right. Yeah, from what I've heard of the music, it sounds pretty good. Oh, and trust me, it's going to be better in Definitive Edition. Because apparently yeah, the, that's OS- imagine. the OST in Definitive Edition is already on YouTube for some reason. Oh. Anyways. Are you sure, are you sure it's not like fan-made like, redoings? I don't know, but I mean, it sound, for, like from the trailer, the songs you hear in the trailers are in there. Like in, in its entirety. Anyways, things that aren't that good with Xenoblade, uh, because it's such a big game on such a small system, it came out on the Wii, it, the graphics are not the best. Definitive Edition will fix that, but the, the, but the uh, original game is, is terrible graphics, honestly. But, I mean, hey. Yeah. Also, unfortunately, I guess it can't handle when a bunch of enemies are in a fight, because sometimes... When a when a bunch of enemies are in a fight with you, the game the game's frame rate will significantly dip. Oh, believe me, that that's another problem about Pokemon that you might not have encountered in Soul Silver with the 3D games. Uh, yeah, hey, frames Riley. are a problem. Yeah. Quit trying to relate me to Xenoblade to Pokemon. You can't relate. I'm just talking about how, in general, I've experienced frame rate drops in games that I like. So, uh, honestly, other than that, though, I don't think there's anything wrong with Xenoblade. So, now let's talk about the worst Xenoblade game. Xenoblade X sure. sucks! Alright, okay. you wanna get the yeah. story? It's very generic. Sure. Earth has been destroyed by aliens, but thank- but this is the future, so humans escape in spaceships, many multiple spaceships, but only one of them survives, and of course it's from America for some reason, even though it's a Japanese game. Anyways, they crash land on a new planet called Mira. And now, and you are woken up by this girl called Elma, and she's like, "Yo, you're a human. Earth is dead. Come here. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a get you back to safety." And then you get back to safety on Mira, but you because your ship and whatever, you go to New Los Angeles, aka NLA. Anyways, uh, <laughs> after you go there, you're like, "Yo, I want to do whatever she does." You're talking about Elma. And they're like, okay, cool. She's part of an organization called Blade. All right, go on missions with her, I guess. And basically, you just get petty work for for like the first half of the game, as it's more of just like a really long tutorial. And eventually, this like thirteen year old girl joins you called Lynn, and she sucks. I hate her. Yeah. She's my least favorite character because her her entire personality is. I'm young, but I'm smart. And also, I want to kill all the nopon. They say nopon instead of nopon for some reason. <laughs> Anyways, fast forward halfway through the game, and you learn that she you're not to human. Kill you're Ricky? an android. No, she wants to kill. No, Ricky's not in this game. This takes place in a di- different universe. Yeah, but isn't Dick Ricky and not Napon? Yeah, but he, this is an entirely and yes, different I did universe. accidentally call him Dicky. Yeah, this is an entirely happen. different universe, though, so it doesn't matter. Ricky doesn't exist in the Xenoblade X universe, thankfully. Why? Ricky's cool. He is, but he, I, would, I wouldn't want him to live in the worst Xenoblade game. I guess you're right. Anyways, halfway through the game, you realize, oh, snap, I'm not a human. I'm a robot for some reason. Everybody in New LA is because they are robots that their consciousness has been uploaded to. And they're like, yo, be- all of our actual bodies are unknown on this planet somewhere. We lost it in the crash landing. So let's, that's why we've been trying to find it. 
but the aliens who uh were killing humans on earth called the ganglion are like no no so the rest of the so the rest of the game is basically just a petty war between the ganglion and humans and that's where i stopped playing because i got so bored (laughs) yeah so what do you like about this game what do you not like i have a feeling it's gonna flip how much there is oh yeah i only like two things about the game okay one class system you can change classes meaning you can get better weapons and arts and it changes a lot Two, oh, that's cool. two, this game actually does look pretty. And it's 100% open world. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's the, the world is decent, whatever. And the, and the great game whatever, looks bro. good. The game looks good. That's it. That's all the things I like. Everything else I hate. Even the music. Oh. There's only one song in the game I like, actually. What's that song? I don't know the name of it, but uh, it's, a, it's for a place in the game called Noctilum. I see, I see. Everything else I hate. The characters suck. Elma is oh. somewhat cool, but you know, not really. And every other ca- <laughs> kind of cool, but not really. Every other character is either bland or just so one-dimensional. Yeah. The music is generic, or it's ruined by terrible lyrics. Because apparently, there's lyrics in this game soundtrack. Like you're just running around in the world, and you're listening to a song with lyrics. No, it's okay. Not the not the uh when you're exploring. That's just purely instrumental, but it's still generic. But w- battle songs and whatnot, ugh. You. One of those lyrics is "Hello, is this thing on? Is any? Am I all alone? I need a bigger gun." <laughs> I need a bigger gun. It's so bad. <laughs> okay. Anything else? <sighs> the combat is. The same as Xenoblades, except they remove talent arts. I see. They replace it with Overdrive, which is just like a basically a damage amplifier. They also remove chain attacks. Oh, hold on. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention chain attacks in Xenoblade 1. Okay. So real quickly, I just want to say, certain actions in while you're fighting will build up the, the party gauge. The party gauge is will uh, go w- with all three of your party members. And it's separated into three little bars. If one bar is filled up, you can revive a teammate if they die. Or, or you can war- You can get a teammate to use a special art if a vision happens. But if all three bars are filled up, you can do a chain attack. Basically, time will freeze. And you and each of your party members will go in a specific order and do an attack. Do arts. And also, it will do increased damage. So you can really get some broken outcomes. Like, you can permanently put your enemy in a loop of non-stop toppling over if you play a chain attack well enough so yeah they removed that in a xenoblade x and they removed and they replaced it with something called tension points which uh you need three thousand tension points to uh activate overdrive and you need three thousand to basically do anything in this game but the thing is tension points are impossible to build up uh, during the battle you need to like grind tension points for a battle and this game has a huge difficulty spike in the middle of the game for no reason. That's stupid. Yep. Difficulty spikes are annoying. Yep. How is it? Is it just like the guys are higher level all of a sudden? No, they're lower level. They can be lower level, but they'll still kick your ass. True. Just, like, um... the, the original Xenoblade had some difficulty spikes, but they were, they're really easy to overcome. In the original, it's just a matter of equipping the right gem. And gems are just like, you know, little status effect of uh, increasers and stuff like that. 
So I have a question for you. Yes. That's vaguely related. Mm-hmm. You said you played all the way through HeartGold and Soul Silver, right? No, just Soul Silver. Yeah, well, whatever. They're the same game. But yeah. when you say you played to the end, do you remember the last guy you fought? I don't remember their name. But did he did he have spiky red hair or was he wearing a red hat? Uh I I get what you're asking. If it was red or uh Lance, yes. Red Did you play up to Lance or did you play up to Red? Uh I might actually need to do some critical thinking about this. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was Red. Well the point is the thing about Red, this is like the most infamous, like ridiculous level spike in Pokemon is like the last Kanto gym is like his highest level is level 60. And then you go right from that to red and red's highest level is level 88. See, Xenoblade doesn't do level spikes. It just does fucking. They do an actual status spikes. effect called spike. Oh no. Spike is a status effect where basically if you attack an enemy, you also get damage. There oh, are so ways it's like to- the Rocky helmet. Oh. I guess there are ways to counteract this, though. But if you're not expecting it, you'll get you'll you'll get die very quickly. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Xenoblade Two. Okay. Back to the good ones. Xenoblade Two. Honestly, Xenoblade Two is very close to being as good as the original, in my opinion. Not quite, though. There's just there's always those little things that add up. Yeah. Okay. Right, tell me a little bit about the, about the plot. The story? Alright. You play as Rex, a salvage, a 15-year-old salvager in the Cloud Sea. In this game's world, you are in a place called Allrest. Yes, Rex from the from the hit Cartoon Network series, Generator Rex. Shut up. <laughs> okay, anyways. There's, do you remember Generator the, Rex? Of course I do. In the world of <laughs> Allrest, there do exist titans, but they're not dead. But you do live on their backs. It. Instead of two great gigantic titans, they're more smaller titans all about. And in, a, in the center of the world of all rest is the world tree, which is a big ass tree. Okay. Supposedly, on Where do top I remember of, the world tree from? It's I in, remember it's... the world tree is like a plot device used in many, many things. What the fuck is. I'm, try, I'm so familiar with the term world tree. I'm trying to remember what game or TV show I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's it. That's what yeah, I'm thinking of. There was a world tree in SAO, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Anyways, uh, supposedly on top of the world tree is a place called Elysium, which is basically a paradise where you don't have to worry about Titans dying out because that is a problem in this world. Titans can die out, and so are your homes, and you'll be stuck in the clouds, adrift in the cloud sea. Anyways, you play as Rex, a salvager. You know, he, he goes scuba diving for treasures and stuff. Anyways, he gets a job from the leader of the Argentum Trade Guild, which is, you know, just a, literally a trade guild. It's where Rex gets his profits from and all that. Anyways, he's hired by the leader, and this job gives him 200,000 gold, which is a lot to him. Because he, he sends a lot of his money to back to his hometown, actually. He's, really, he's a really sweet boy. Anyways, he's sent... He's sent off on this journey, and he's hired by... It, this job actually comes from this group called Torna. Oh. And, in Tor- and Torna is made up of drivers and blades. Now, blades are sort of like... How do I put this? Artificial intelligence? Ro- they're like, they're kind of like robots, but, you know, more human-like. Living robots, basically. Yeah. And, and uh, they, can, they have special powers, and, and drivers are people who control their weapons. By the way, the if blade, I disappear, just keep going. Them. Anyways, 
it's made up of drivers and blades anyways rex goes off and they and he and his mission is to salvage up a entire ship and he okay. does so he does wow, so it lifts it up he and he makes his way into a room and in this room there's a capsule with a strange girl in it oh. and then one of the members of torna named Jin stabs rex in the back and he dies but then rex wakes up and he's in this weird place he doesn't recognize. And, there, and the girl who was in the chamber is now on a hill next to a tree. He goes up and he's like, hey, what's going on? And the girl's like, yo, my name's Pyra. I'm known as the Aegis. This is Elysium you're seeing, but it's more like a, a memory of Elysium projected. Anyways, I'm going to give you half my life force so you can come back to life. But you have to take me to Elysium in order if you, uh, to keep up end of the bargain. And he's like, all right, cool. So they do that, and he fights Torna, except for one net member of Torna called Nia and her blade Dromark, because she, they, she was nice to Rex, and Rex was nice to her, and he's like, and she's like, yo, I feel like that that guy shouldn't die. So he he helps Rex escape Malos and Jin, the two people he's fighting, okay. and they and they escape on Rex's own Titan, little Titan that he has called Gramps. Because Titan's, he's the only Titan who can talk for some reason. Hmm. Anyways, they escape and crash land in somewhere they don't realize. Everybody's separated except for Rex and Pyra. They find Gramps, but he has been gravely injured and he, supposedly he dies. But in reality, he shrunk down into what he looked like when he was a child, which is something Titans can do. Honey, I shrunk the Gramps. Yeah, kind Kinda. He's like, it's, it's like their way of like saying, it's like a regeneration in doctor who if you know oh. how that works it's sort of like that anyways right now they they can't go anywhere with gramps anymore so they're like okay whatever anyways they go they rex realizes that pyra is a special blade called the aegis who has like very special powers that he does not know of anyways he's now the driver he is now pyra's driver basically they meet up with nia and Dromark, and they're like cool let's get out of here and they're in like oh this is my hometown says nia and they go there, and then Nia gets kidnapped. <laughs> oh no! Kidnapping! So, Rex teams up with a Nopon called Tora, and his artificial blade, which is like an actual robot with blade powers that he oh, built. Because cool. blades are more, like, organic. They're just, like, living things, but Poppy is the name of the artificial blade, is a robot. Her name is Poppy. Anyways... You, f- you break uh, Nia out of jail or whatever, and you meet up with, and you meet this person called Morag and her blade Brigid, and they are from the Ardanian Empire, and they're like, yo, she's a- she is a terrorist with the group Torna, gotta kill her. Also, you have the Aegis, that's pretty cool, you're coming with us. But Rex is like, no, and they escape Gormot, which is the name of the Titan. There. And, then, and then they're like, alright, let's just head to the World Tree, this is what, what our goal was, let's do it. But then, they, but on well, but right before they get to it, they're attacked by this gigantic snake-looking thing they think is a titan. For some reason, Pyra knows what it is. Its name is Ophion. For some reason, anyways, they while trying to escape it, escape it, they actually get swallowed up whole by another titan. They're they're in the kingdom of Uriah, which is like a place they all know. So like, cool, whatever. Cool story. They meet a mercenary called Van Dam. His blade rock. And they're Jean Claude Van Dam. No. Okay. Anyways, they all they all go. They all are like Van Dam's like, yo, I'll help you get out of here. You seem like a nice kid and all. But and then they're attacked by Torna, 
and after some epic character developing with Van Dam, uh, he dies. <laughs> oh, by a by a member of Torna. Empire is like, no, that sucks. And then she, for some reason, she basically <laughs> no, goes, that sucks. She basically goes Super Saiyan, like her hair oh. turns yellow and long, and it's revealed that the Aegis is not just one blade but two. So you unlock Mithra as a blade option. Mithra is like Pyra, but a kajillion times more broken. Oh. Because she can, just like Shulk, she can see into the future. Ooh, we got some future mechanics! Uh, actually, you, it's completely optional to use uh, f- what foresight, as it's called. Well, yeah, it's optional, but you can. But, like, in Xenoblade 1, it's actually mandatory. Like, they'll, they'll happen. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, I don't, I don't even know how to activate foresight in combat. Oh. I forgot. <laughs> Whoops. Anyways, you also learned that Malos, one of the members of Torna, is is another Aegis. <gasps> what? But he's like the dark Aegis, the evil version of Aegis, which is really weird. Anyways, the rest of the game is basically, let's go to different Titans, help trying our best to kill Malos and go to the World Tree. Oh, okay. And I don't want to I don't want to spoil it anymore. Okay. Well, that's fine. So what do you like about this game? What do you not like about this game? Sell I like almost everything I liked about the original Xenoblade. In- and including the graphics, because this game also looks just as Now, this is a Switch game, correct? Am I wrong? Yes, it's a, it's a Switch game. Now, uh, something I don't like, though, is the voice acting. It is not as good as Xenoblade 1. And by not as good, I mean, oh boy. Ooh, doggy. I normally play with the Japanese voices on, because that's how bad the English voice acting English is. English ones are. <laughs> I, like, I just don't like it. Also, the lip syncing is terrible when dubbing it over to from Japanese to English. Like, there are some times where a character will finish their sentence in a cutscene, but you'll see their mouth still move. It's like that guy at the Sonic O Sick. In the, like, there's a it's storefront. It's actually that, really funny. <laughs> there's like a dude in the store at Sonic O Six that, like, the only word yeah. he says is like, the only word he says is like "hi," but he just like keeps going with his lips and his arms. He's like, he's like he's talking to you, but all he says is "hi." Yeah, but you know, voice acting, whatever. But the characters are really good and interesting. They're not as interesting as Xenoblade characters, but they're still pretty good. The music is also pretty good. Again, not as good as Xenoblade. And the combat is sort of different, but goes along a similar system. Yeah. So instead of just auto attacks existing, and when you use an, an art, uh, the art goes on cooldown in the original and X. That's not how it works anymore. Uh, if you hit an auto attack, that'll charge up your art, and you have to charge up the arts in order to use them and all that. Yeah. And also, you can use multiple blades in a battle. You can bond to more than just one blade, but like everybody has their story reasons. And it's completely random what kind of like blade you'll get. But it exists. And yeah. you, can sw- you can switch between multiple blades, multiple arts, and multiple playstyles. Like, why I say multiple playstyles? You can be like a healer or an attacker or an a tank or a, yeah, a tank. On a tank. On a tank. On a tank. Uh, anyways, yeah, the worlds are this. This game definitely has more variety as to like biomes. Yeah, but I still prefer Xenoblade One's world because it just feels more connected and all that. The cloud sea is really cool though. You can actually swim through clouds in this game. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah. Instead you of talent- swim, wait, wait, wait. You can swim through clouds. Yes. Wow. Okay. It's really weird, but it's cool. 
I kind of want to get Xenoblade 2. If only I had money. That'd be cool. I can let you borrow my copy. Yeah, but with how long it takes for you to beat games, you'd get it back on, like, your 18th birthday. Alright, you go. Fair point. Uh, let's see. Instead of talent arts, there's a special gauge, and, uh, mm-hmm. it sort of works like it, like it does in a traditional fighting game. Like, there's multiple levels. Each, each new level does more damage and all that. But the thing mm-hmm. is, you can combine your special attack with one of your party members, and it'll do a cool status effect. Like, one of them is like, one of them is like, this enemy can't do this sort of attack if you do it off, if you pull it off correctly. You go pew pew. Yeah. And chain attacks are, and chain attacks are still a thing, but instead of using normal arts, you use special arts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. What do you not like about this game? Anything? Uh, Other than voice acting, let's see. Some of the characters, not all, all of them, just uh, most of them are pretty good, but there are just a few characters that just make me mad. Tora, the Nopon, your Nopon friend, is a piece of shit. But, but Nopons are cool. Nopons are cool Nopons are cool except for Tora. He sucks. Except for specifically I actually, Tora. I actually hate him. And if you play Xenoblade X, not X2, you know why. Okay? I'm just saying. Every other Nopon in the game too. is good. It's it's a fun game. Uh, other than that, yeah. I also need an excuse to touch my Switch at all. Yeah. So maybe I will take you up on that offer and maybe beat yeah. it in a timely manner. <laughs> Tell me about Torna. Okay. So real quickly, though, sure. there is something I forgot to mention about Xenoblade 2's story. Go ahead. You learned that the terrorist organization known as Torna was named after a titan that fell in something called the Aegis War. Oh. In the Aegis War, you learn that Mithra sunk three titans by herself. So is there... So what is, you know, why are they the sequel, even though a different universe, different game? What holds them together? Okay, well, uh, Xenoblade X is just sort of by itself. But there is a link between the original and two, but I cannot talk about it without, like, spoiling every little thing. Is there a Monado in Xenoblade 2? Well, actually, yes, there is. Malos has it. The main villain does. He has a Monado. Oh, okay. But it's not. But it's not like as story important as Shulk's Monado. I see. It's really I... uh, Malos's Monado is just simply his weapon. You know, it's not like some grand thing. But that's. Yeah. I don't. But that doesn't actually have to do much with uh, Xenoblade Two. Like, if you yeah, if you remove okay. that, and it wouldn't affect anything. Anyways. So, all the Xenoblade games take place in their own separate universes, except for Torna in 2. They take place in the same universe, and Torna is a prequel to 2. Okay. Now, Torna is a... in the Aegis War? Yeah, it's the Aegis War. Uh, okay, I figured. And, and the Aegis War is 500 years before Xenoblade 2. Oh? Because Blades can live forever. People. Yeah. Anyways, you, uh, you remember that Jin guy I was talking about, who's basically Malice's friend? Uh, vaguely. Yeah. Uh, you play as Jin and Laura, who is who was Jin's driver, because Jin is his like his a blade, but like he works on his own in Xenoblade Two. You get to see his driver. Oh, Laura, and they cool. and they are on the the Titan of Torna, and you know they're just doing stuff, whatever. And then they're like, oh no, I can tell the Aegis was here. Because look at look at this like crater. This what could only be caused by the Aegis's power. And of then course. you learn, 
And we're talking about Malos as the Aegis, because he has just as good as power. Mm-hmm. And then you meet Mithra, because Pyra doesn't exist yet, in, technically. Uh, okay, I should also mention this. Mithra is the Aegis, but Mithra created Pyra as like a failsafe if anything goes wrong. Like, her personality, her appearance, everything about her will switch to Pyra. Because Pyra is more self-controlled and all that. So anyways, they come across, across Mithra and her current driver, Adam, who is known as this great hero and all that. When in reality, he's just this like really cheeky guy. Really cheerful and all that. And he was like, yo, you two are pretty cool. You want to come with me and do stuff? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then they do stuff. And they also team up with the emperor of the Ardanian Empire, Hugo. And, and hey, look who it is, Brigid, which is pretty cool. Because Brigid's not, you know, Brigid isn't, yeah. like, bad or anything because it's a prequel. I should also mention, once a Blade's driver dies, the Blade will lose all memory that they had. But a person, like, but, like, because Brigid is such an important Blade to the Ardanian Empire, she has a little journal that she writes down everything in her past lives in, so there's just that. Anyways, they all, all the, the whole ragtag group goes on a journey through all of Torna, and Malos is there to ruin everything. But, and long story short, uh, Malos kills everybody. Oh, okay. Except, except for Laura, Jin, Adam, Mithra. Everybody else mm-hmm. just sort of dies. And oh, Mithra okay. gets really sad, and she loses control and sinks three titans, putting a stop to Malos temporarily. And is that where we're going to end this plot? Do you want to spoil any more? No, or what? Uh, uh, and then Laura later dies, and that's how Jim became evil. Oh no! Yeah. The ending is really messed up. And then Adam, and then Adam, and now Pyra, because, you know, failsafe and all that. Adam's mm-hmm. like, Pyra, I'm going to seal you away because you want to be sealed away. That's how she ended up in that little, like, container thingy. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> that's, that's actually the entire game. Torna is very short. Okay, so do you like Torna? Yes, I actually like it a lot. Uh, it it improves upon Xenoblade 2's combat. Uh, I don't really... So now you can play as both drivers and blades. Which what is system cool. is Torna for? Also the Switch? Or yeah, DS? Or what? Switch. Uh, so yeah, it improves upon Xenoblade 2's combat because now you can play and blade and, and there's just like little tweaks that help. Uh, also, it, in my opinion, it has the best soundtrack. Like, not even joking. Oh. It has a better soundtrack than the original. Definitive Edition might have a better. Who knows? Uh, but it has Anything? it's uh also and it also has the same th- good things as Xenoblade Two and also, but now it's time to talk about stuff I do not like about Xenoblade. I mean Torna. Yeah, Xenoblade Torna. Uh, the voice acting is just as bad, but also the game is very short. Yeah, that's like, what I was figuring you were going with the to the point of being like five hours long when every other Xenoblade game takes like a lot more. <laughs> Yeah. My first run of the original Xenoblade took me a complete. Oh shit, that's a lot of time. Yeah. And, but, you know how I was saying the difficulty spikes in X were bad? Is it worse in Torna? Because the game is so short in Torna. Yeah, oh boy, does sense. it get bad. And there's also parts of the game where it's just filler, where it's like, hey, we have to get make sure this game is long enough. Do a bunch of side quests until we say so. Sometimes RPGs be hard, yo. There's literally a section in the game where you have to do side quest until the game is like, all right, you're done, which really makes me mad. Well, it happens in some RPGs. They're like, don't go do side quest for a little while before the plot advances. I don't like that, though. Why not? 
I think it's nice for them to give you some time to just go and do side quests. Yeah, well, Xenoblade, the original, all, every other Xenoblade in between main story stuff, but in Xenoblade Torna, it's absolutely mandatory. I don't know. I think it's fine, but... I don't like that. Alright, so is that about it? Yeah, that's about it for the entire Xenoblade franchise. I could go way more in detail, but be here forever. We would be here forever. We'd be here until Definitive Edition was released. <laughs> We'd be here until October, Jesus. But um, no, it May twenty ninth, bro. Oh, is it? I thought it was October. I uh, no, that's what I predicted. I was very wrong. Oh, okay. It's time for the final segment of our show, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the final segment, the bullshit segment. Bullshit away. Oh, uh, I don't like Pokemon. <laughs> You want to talk about why you don't like Pokemon, or you want to save that for that YouTube video? You're I will save it for the YouTube video I'm going to be playing. Check out my channel if you want to see why I don't like Pokemon. I'll be releasing a video soon. Uh, let's see, what else? I don't have much to complain about other than I'm very this whole quarantine thing. That, that's about it for me. Alright, well, I have a question for you, Jason. Yeah. Do you, ever, do you have any fun stories about times you went on vacation? Uh, I actually don't go on vacation much, but... Oh, hold on. Sorry about that. Somebody came into my room. Uh, That's fine. Uh, one time I went on a cruise to the Bahamas, uh, and this place called Coco Cay, which is like sort of like uh, Adventure Island, if you know what that is. Do you know what that is? Is that a Disney thing? No, Adventure. It's like it's right next to Bush Gardens. Oh yeah. The aquatic theme park. Yeah. It's sort of like that, but stupider because when we went there. It was still under construction, sort of. So not there was nothing interesting to do there, and I, the only part of it I enjoyed wasn't not well. The cruise was also terrible. Uh, the only part of it I enjoyed was Nassau. In uh, Nassau, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a city in the Bahamas that I'm going to. Oh, it's very cool. cultural. I made some friends. I also made some cool stuff there. I got a shirt what? that changes color in the sunlight now because of I went there. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. It, it takes a while. It takes a while to change color, though. You really done for a while. I can't. I used to like go to a. Can't even do it on a day like this because it's raining. Yeah, I mean, I used to like go to a campground every year, but I'd say that my most significant vacation was the recent one, which you guys have heard a lot about, you Pixels listener, because this is indeed Pixels Polygons of Fun. Um, mm-hmm. When I went to Podfest last month with Jinji. And we headed up to Orlando, went to Disneyland, Disney World, I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> we went to a bowling party, We went and we went to PodFest. That was a good time. That's pretty cool. Alright, I, I want to think of a couple more things to talk about. Just, just pitch random topics, like anything, anything in the world. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Okay, well, what is, how has your life changed from the quarantine, if at all? I'm just more bored. <laughs> Honestly, same though. Uh, whenever I get home from school, I just go to my room and do nothing and just do whatever on like my. And now there's the, the, now there's no getting home from school part. You have to sit in your room and do nothing all day. Yeah, I get like two hours of busy work from school, and that's about it. Yeah, the school didn't really give me much work, which I'm not complaining. I'm obviously not complaining, but elective classes get back in on the 16th though. Is it 16th? I thought it was the sixth. They canceled it even more. Oh, okay. That's going to be fun. I still don't know what I'm going to have to do in journalism, and I'm scared. I'm scared I'm going to have to, like, write news articles and shit. I'm scared what I'm going to have to do for jazz band. Oh, God. How's that going to work? 
That's a very good question, Jason. How is that going to work? All right, well, I'd say that's about it for the bullshit segment. So, Jason, where can our listeners find you? Plug all your stuff. Uh, you can find me at my YouTube channel, Gel, lowercase J, capital E-L. I make review videos, and sometimes I play games. It's pretty cool. I, uh, Xenoblade is my favorite game. You can also watch my Twitch, where I actually play a lot of games more. Uh, Twitch.tv slash gel underscore streams. That's it. Nice. All right. So you can find me on Twitter at Riley Tweets. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Riley Streams, where I play Kingdom Hearts, Sonic, uh, a whole gaggle of things. And you can find me on Pokemon Variety Hour on Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, and also on Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, the Riley Podcast Mega Feed, which Maybe you're listening to this episode on right now, but that has nothing to do that, that has not that's completely irrelevant. This is an episode of Pixel Polygons of Fun. You can find that wherever on Spotify Stitcher or Apple Podcast. Um as for the Pixels Media, because Jinji's not here to plug that, you can find us on Twitter at PPAF Podcast. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash PPAF Podcast. If you wanna give us some money, that'd be cool. That'd help us make a better show. But you don't have to. Take care of yourself first. There's the show email at pv and s podcast there's a there's a whole bunch of pixels media stuff there's a reddit nobody's been on the reddit you have a reddit go to r slash pixels media do you actually have a reddit yeah i made a reddit but i'm the only person in it you're gonna shit post on it <laughs> yeah go shit post on r slash pixels media reddit um and yeah there's the pixels media bit shoot also link in the description whole bunch of pixels media stuff go check it out all right this has been Pixels, polygons, and fun. Thank you for listening. I've been Riley. I, uh, Jason. I've been uninformed about this topic and also Riley. I forgot I usually do that. And we'll see you guys next time.